Hello and welcome to 52 Years, a World Cup podcast. I'm Richard Carey. Today's episode will be reviewing the first four games that happened in the knockout stages, the round of 16 in the World Cup 2018. So, without further ado, let's get to some World Cup news. World Cup news. So, Andreas Iniesta has retired from international football following Spain's exit from the World Cup. The Spaniard who also got the winning goal in the 2010 World Cup final uh, and won two European Championships with Spain in 2008 and 2012. Iniesta was quoted as saying, sometimes the endings are not as one dreams following his side's loss on penalties to Russia. The two biggest names in world football were knocked out of the World Cup on the same day on Saturday. Argentina's Lionel Messi went out to France 4-3 and Cristiano Ronaldo's Portugal lost 2-1 to Uruguay. But perhaps world football has a new star in teenager Karl Mbappe. He scored two critical goals to ensure France got through to the last eight and looked very threatening against the Argentine side. Uruguay coach Oscar Taberas said he was worried after Edison Cavani had to go off with an injury in their match against Portugal on Saturday. Cavani scored both goals that ensured Uruguay would head into the quarterfinals to face France. He has a suspected hamstring injury and is a doubt for the next game. Colombia's Hamas Rodriguez could play against England. The Real Madrid forward only played half an hour against Senegal in Colombia's final group game. However, this injury is not as bad as was first thought and he may return to action in the last 16 on Tuesday night. So let's take a look at all the scores from the last two days. France 4, Argentina 3, Uruguay 2, Portugal 1, Spain 1, Russia 1, Russia 1, 4-3 on penalties. Croatia 1, Denmark 1, Croatia 1, 3-2 on penalties. And let's start with that Croatia versus Denmark match and that means... We're going to the stats. Possession. 54% Croatia. 46% Denmark. Shots. 20 Croatia. 14 Denmark. Shots on target. 6 Croatia. Three for Denmark. Fouls, five Croatia, 19 Denmark. In the first minute, Jorgensen put Denmark immediately into the lead to make it 1-0. Then Mandzukic turned the ball into the net following the scrappy display in the box on the fourth minute to equalise for Croatia. It was 1-1. That's actually how it stayed until full time and it ended 1-1. In extra time, 
on the 116th minute, a penalty was awarded to Croatia after Rebic was in and through and around the keeper, but he was taken down by Zanka. Zanka was booked as he attempted to get the ball, uh, which apparently is okay in the new rules, so it means you only get a yellow card. Luka Modric stepped up to take a penalty, but it was saved by Kasper Schmeichel, and that kept it equal until a penalty shootout was needed. The first penalty was missed by Christian Eriksen for Denmark, and Valdez also missed for Croatia. Kajar made it 1-0 to Denmark from the spot. Kamaric uh, equalised for Croatia 1-1. Krondeli made it 2-1 to Denmark. Then Luka Modric stepped up again to take a penalty for Croatia in the shootout and he scored to make it 2-2. Sean missed his penalty and then Pivoric also missed a penalty and Jorgensen missed a penalty which means uh, three penalties were missed in a row mainly due to the great goalkeeping of Schmeichel and uh, uh, Subasic. Then Rakitic put the last uh, goal into the net uh, and Croatia won 3-2 on penalties. This started off pretty amazingly with two goals inside the first five minutes but soon fizzled out into a pretty boring affair that saw both sides without the ability to get that final ball in and the break they desperately needed to win the game. Denmark were well drilled and organised at the back, especially in the second half where the manager had made some tactical changes. Croatia looked pretty ordinary and nowhere near as good as their previous performance against Argentina, but despite the dullness, the game did come to life in the dying moments of extra time with that missed penalty, although Rebic really should have tucked it in past the keeper, or past the defender. It was an open goal, you know, he could have just hit it and before he got fouled and that would have gone in. Um... So, Croatia weren't great, but they did get through here. This did sort of reminded me of Croatia's uh, last 16 match in the Euros against Portugal, which they lost. But having won through a bad performance might be very critical for them and actually might see them well through the tournament. Um, they do have an interesting quarterfinal coming up, and we'll be talking about who their opponents will be in our next game, which is Spain versus Russia. But before we start that, I think we need a VAR watch. So, our friend the VAR got really controversial this time, and I might have to cross a line I didn't think I would cross. I might have to slag off VAR. As all the good things I've said about it, this time it got it absolutely wrong. In extra time, in Spain versus Russia, there was a critical uh, decision made where Ramos and PK were being pulled in the box. They were being pulled down in the box. The decision went to VAR. VAR did not give it. This looked like a stonewall penalty in my mind. It was you know, especially after what happened with uh, England and Tunisia and how they said they were clamping down on the sort of wrestling in the box. It was really disappointing to see this wasn't happening here. And it does bring into the whole, our uh, 
Russia being favorably treated by the referees and the video assistant referees. And it damn looks suspicious. So FIFA, get your act together because I think this was the worst VAR decision in the tournament. As much as they went on about the other one, um, this one was very much wrong in my book. But uh, let's look at the game itself. The stats. uh, Possession was 79% Spain, 21% Russia. That is huge. 79%. Shots, 24 Spain, 7 Russia. Shots on target, 9 Spain, 1 Russia. So literally the goal was their one shot on target. Fouls, 5 Spain and 19 to Russia. On the 12th minute, a cross into Ramos. Looked like he was going to steer it into the net. It was steered into the net, but it's actually given as an Ignashevich own goal. 1-0 to Spain. On the 41st minute, a handball in the box by Ramos and a penalty to Russia. It was converted by Zubia to make it 1-1. And like I said, next time there was that controversy around the penalty, which could have won the game for Spain right there. But it did actually go to a shootout in the end, and this is how it went. Iniesta scored the first goal to make it 1-0 to Spain. Smolov equalised for Russia, 1-1. Then Piquet took the second one and scored to make it 2-1 Spain. Ignashevich uh, equaled things up, 2-2. Koke took a penalty and it was saved, so it was still 2-2. Then Golovin uh, put Russia into the lead, 3-2. Ramos then stepped up and, and put it in the net, 3-3. Free, free. Cheryshev uh, took the next one and scored 4-3 uh, to Russia. Aspas then, with a crucial penalty, had to score for Spain to stay in it. It was saved, and Russia won 4-3 on penalties. Like the Croatia-Denmark game, this was a match that started with some promise, then fizzled out into a very dull affair. Spain just kept passing the ball around with no real attacking threat it was like they were winning the game but they weren't actually winning the game even like on the 85th minute there was no sense of urgency about them whatsoever it wasn't really until the very dying moments of extra time when they had Rodrigo on the pitch and were playing two up front that they actually looked like they were going to do anything really you should have put Rodrigo on a lot earlier and, you know, had that two up the front maybe from the 60th minute, and they probably would have broken the Russians down before it got to penalties. Yes, you know, they did get robbed by VAR. Um, that was a clear penalty in my book. But at the same time, it feels like they shouldn't have needed to get robbed by VAR because they're a quality enough outfit to win anyway. Um, I mean, you've got to give credit to Russia that they kept it tight at the back it was a dogged performance they frustrated the spanish you know those stats are crazy to think a team that had 79 percent of possession didn't win the game that's insane um but you know i can't really say that russia didn't deserve it considering the performance that they put in and uh, they're now going into a uh, quarter final against Croatia, which could be very, very boring based on the last games we've seen today. So hopefully Croatia and Russia will give us something better 
than their round of 16 efforts. So we're out of the, you know, long games, the slightly boring games, and we're getting to Saturday games. Oh, yes. Uh, France versus Argentina. Let's have a look at some stats, shall we? So, possession was France 40%, Argentina 50%. Shots, France 9, Argentina 10. Shots on target, France 4, Argentina 4. Fouls, France 21, Argentina 15. On the 13th, 13th minute, a Marcus Rojo foul in the box on Mbappe. A penalty to France was converted with ease by Griezmann to make it 1-0. Uh, on the 41st minute, it was a fantastic curling shot by Di Maria to put Argentina right back in it, 1-1 going into the break. On the 48th minute, a messy shot was deflected off Mercado. He was played aside by Pavard, uh, and it was 2-1 to Argentina who saw that coming. Then a, a low cross by Mbappe on the 57th minute went all the way through to Pavard, who drilled it with his right foot from the edge of the area. Flied into the net, another fantastic goal in this game to put France level 2-2. And just seven minutes later, on the 64th minute, Mbappe put France into the lead with an assured strike, 3-2. Then four minutes later, Mbappe doubles his total following a France counter-attack to make it 4-2 to France. Then on the 93rd minute, Sergio Aguero, who has been brought on from the bench, headed the ball to the net following a messy cross, 4-3, but it was just too little, too late. What a game of football. This was a match of the tournament, in my opinion. I was thinking it was probably be a bore fest when I saw it at first. I, you know, we'd seen how bad Argentina had been playing. We'd seen how bad France had been playing, but, you know, they had been winning. So it looked like it was going to be nil-nil and penalties all over it, but it was definitely the opposite. We've got two amazing goals, one from Di Maria, one from Pavard. Uh, France have really turned up at this World Cup now. Uh, Pogba was finding his form, and 19-year-old Mbappe looks like a massive threat going forward to any side left in this tournament. It would have to be pretty shocking had France gone out, considering how they played throughout the game. Um, with Argentina, I don't understand why they didn't bring on Aguero a lot earlier, because um, maybe the manager has problems with him, maybe his form hasn't always been good, but he's always a goal threat, and you need that when you're losing. And, you know, he proved it in the 93rd minute. Had he done that on the 70th minute or something like that, this would have been a game where we could have had a 4-4 going extra time. How crazy would that be? So is it time to get excited about this French team and expect them to win the World Cup? Well, you know, they did uh, slip, have that banana skin against Portugal in Euro 2016. And, you know, it's just a case whether they can get over the line this time, but at least they won't have to worry about Portugal. Speaking of which, they played Uruguay um, in the round of 16. So let's look how that went down. Here are the stats. 
possession, Uruguay 33%, Portugal 67%, shots Uruguay 5, Portugal 20, shots on target Uruguay 3, Portugal 5, fouls Uruguay 13, per Portugal 13. On the 7th minute a Cavani header, which might have come off his face, uh, at the back post following the Suarez cross put Uruguay into the lead 1-0. On the 55th minute, following a short corner, a cross was delivered into Pepe, who headed home to make it 1-1. It's Uruguay's first goal they conceded at this World Cup. On the 62nd minute, a curling shot by Cavani from the left-hand side beat Rui Patricio put Uruguay back in the lead 2-1. So, aside from that slight blip on the Pepe goal, this was a masterclass in defending by the Uruguayans. Lights of Laxalt at left back and Jimenez and Godin as centre backs make for a very strong defensive line. And it's no surprise they only have conceded a single goal at this tournament. At up front, they've got the threat of Suarez and Cavani, and it was a very good day to be a PSG player with Cavani and Mbappe scoring goals. Um, the Cavani went off with an injury in the game and it is a worry now uh, because I think if he doesn't play, uh, France will have a relatively easy ride against the Uruguayans. Uh, the defen- they're going to have the biggest defensive test of the tournament having to face Mbappe. As for Portugal, Uruguay completely snuffed Ronaldo out the game which made it much more difficult for them. Despite having a lot of the ball and in fairness a lot of shots as well, um, they just couldn't get really past and break down the likes of Godin and Gutierrez. So is this the end of Ronaldo's dreams of winning the World Cup? Will he ever be back at a World Cup? To be honest, I think he's going to be back at Qatar. I can't see him not being there. It's just, you know, he is Portugal and I think he's just about the right age for one more World Cup. So... After all that, we're going to lose four teams from the tournament, so let's say our goodbyes. It's goodbye to Argentina. It's fair to say your World Cup campaign was a bit messy. Goodbye Portugal. Ronaldo, it's time to go-go. Goodbye Denmark. Penalties just couldn't save your bacon. And goodbye Spain. Hasta la vista baby. So let's look at the quarterfinals so far. We've got half the quarterfinals now set out. It'll be France versus Uruguay and Russia versus Croatia. And the upcoming fixtures that are in the round of 16, the last four games, uh, Brazil face Mexico on Monday at 3pm and then Belgium face Japan at 7pm. On Tuesday, Sweden plays Switzerland at 3pm and the big match for England, Colombia versus England, the last game of the round of 16 at 7pm on Tuesday. So I will join you after that 
England game. Will England uh, be in the last eight? And looking at the draw, you know, they're going to have a pretty easy ride, maybe, to the semi-final, potentially final. We'll have to wait and see. But thank you for joining me today on 52 Years A World Cup podcast. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at 52 Years uh, World Cup. You can also uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search 52 Years World Cup. Find us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash 52 Years World Cup. We're in all those lovely places on the interwebs. I've got to say I'm really looking forward to the uh, the next couple of games. Well, hopefully we won't get anything quite like uh, the last one. Because uh, the last day sort of action, because that wasn't great. So... Uh, had a few comments on the games. Um, so from here's one from Scott Cavaliero at Scott C underscore AM Males. A tale of two halves. Great first half from both games, and then nothing really. Sadly, we also got some from Matthew Naismith at Naismith Matt. Both games deserve to go to penalties. I think those two uh, feelings are pretty damn accurate. And I, I actually put a gif on Twitter about the Spain game, which was just like that Portugal versus Mexico game from uh, uh, The Simpsons, where they just literally passed it to the centre, then to the left, then to the centre, then to the left, and it just keeps going on. Because I just felt Spain were really like that in this game. So, as I said, thank you for joining me. We'll be back after the England game. Goodbye. <laughs>